2: At plush.
3: And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
4: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use
3: code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Leaves. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a Light-hearted look at the dark side of history. Today, the topic of our podcast is Killdozer, the death of Marvin John Heemeyer. Before we get started and do introductions, uh, well, I guess I should check to make sure everyone is here. Charles, are you here? I'm here, Timmy. I'm, I'm here, excited and pumped and ready to go, Timmy. And we have a very special guest this week. Nina, are you here?:
4: I am Timmy. Good, Good morning.
1: morning. Um, you know, because this is like film uh, it's like recording like from you know, Mars or something where we have to check in to make sure that everyone is um, available. Um, so uh, before we get started, I do want to mention that we are a comedy podcast. Sometimes we use adult language, which is less likely now that Brandy is not here this week. I should say Brandy is unavailable. And uh, quite uh, well, she's looking at a suspension, Colonel. She sends us a text. Uh, We record this on Sunday mornings uh, at 10 o'clock. And she sent us a text on Saturday night saying I have an appointment in the morning. I won't be able to make it. Now, Colonel, who the hell has an appointment at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning?
2: Well, I believe she's probably been uh, summoned for questioning, Timmy. That's the only thing I can think of on
1: a Sunday morning.
4: Maybe she found God and she's in church.
1: I'm going to guess she was on a drunk. That would be (laughs) <laughs> my assumption knowing brandy um but you know she's she, i mean she's got what she's got at least two um uh, you know devices on her legs on her ankles ankle bracelets she's got two of them because she's she got arrested twice and uh you know still somehow she finds out uh, finds a way to get out the house and and uh, it hits the bottom, Colonel.
2: Well, really, Brandy looks at ankle bracelets, much like other women look at Sopata. <laughs> she just likes to collect things, collect them, and I don't know. <laughs> I know she has two.
1: That, she has one on her right, right ankle, one on her left. I, she may have them on her wrist at this point. I don't know. But, you know, if it, if it stands between Brandy and drinking... I mean she'll gnaw her she'll gnaw her ankle off <laughs> oh yeah she's she's like a uh Wolverine car uh, yeah she she'll
2: chew her leg right off
1: coyote drinkers what we call those
2: uh, <laughs> she she really disappoints me though you know every time you think brandy has hit rock bottom with her professionalism timmy mm-hmm. she just grabs that shovel and digs deeper timmy She just digs a deeper hole for herself. Always. I'm really surprised our
1: listeners expect her to be on here at all. Yeah. Well, she's probably, you know, somewhere sleeping it off. Lord knows. She's probably still drinking. I mean, (laughs) it's still. She's probably probably still drinking, yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: What she's doing is she's going through the pockets of the people who are sleeping it off right now. That's what she's she's doing.
1: She's is that what you're saying? yeah <laughs> that's that's my best guess but you know fortunately we have well i'll get back to it so if you if uh you know if uh cursing bothers you then what we would suggest that you do is uh look at one of the other fine podcasts out there that where there's no cursing involved and i can think of the one that comes to mind that is always done in such a professional manner is already gone with our favorite host podcast host nina Enstead. so we're glad you're here thank we're you to me here with us nina thank you and uh chuck what's your advice to people who may find cursing offensive
2: well you can just show your backwards ass right at the goddamn door timmy People don't, who, who, what kind of people don't like cursing to me? That's what I want to know. What, sure what kind of person are you?
1: I'm sure there are some people out
2: there. What kind of person are you that you, 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 you you're good with the chopping up and, you know, the beheadings and the, oh yeah, the serial killers, and, you know, burn the body and all kinds of other th- That, that, uh, that's okay with you. But let me say, son of a bitch, and, <laughs> and you get all, yeah, clutching your pearls. So, uh, I, uh, now that we have Nina here, um, I, I have some questions for you, Nina. It, it came oh up that uh, well.
1: Let me introduce you first, and then you can ask your questions. Oh, again. yeah. Because people okay, get upset I when I don't give you your grandiose right introduction. We are joined by a man who is uh, Nina. He's he's considered the most dangerous man in podcasting today. I've
4: heard that. Yeah, wow.
1: he ha- he's a best-selling author. He, of course, I don't know if you have read it, but uh, you're probably one of the few. If you haven't, you're one of the few. Uh, uh, best-selling book uh, on the New York Times bestseller list, "How to Make Love to a Woman," and uh, he's received all kind of accolades. You know, from that Mac- Mad Magazine called him one of the best writers uh, around today. Oh. Yeah. The very honorable. High praise. The, the reverend. The people turn to him in these very troubled times. Of course, we, we're in some very troubled waters right now. And, and people turn to him for uh, comforting. He is a. It's considered an oasis, Nina, in the desert of despair. And um, women turn to him. Uh, there's been women who, you know, I don't know. You uh, experienced this. Uh, you've experienced because you're you're pretty together Nina but there's some women who uh, who are considered hysterical um, often they're referred to by their physicians to to Charles um, so I don't I don't know if you have that problem but if if you know any because uh, you know uh, and you know back in the day when women were hysterical they had to go to the doctor and and, and Colonel Describe the process that they would go through.
4: Oh Jesus!
2: Well, a lot of times, Timmy, what what <clears throat> the woman just needed, um, she she needed a good shagging, Timmy. But the doctor couldn't do that because of professional standards, right? Um, so he would, uh, oh, he would manually bring them to a heightened state of arousal, just to get the, uh, just to get the hot bone working again, Timmy and you know because you know it's...
4: i can't imagine why brandy didn't
1: show up for this <laughs> well so he is so the colonel is known as a hot bone mechanic
2: yeah if your hot bones broken <laughs> bring it to the Colonel. that's yeah they very do you remember that saturday night <laughs> live dan Aykroyd point counterpoint thing where he would always say jane you ignorant slut. yeah well, one time they was having a debate on whether men was responsible for women's orgasms. And uh, Dan Aykroyd put it the best. He's like, there's nothing we can do about this. You either got the hot bone or you don't. <laughs> and if you don't have the hot bone, there's nothing we can do
1: about it. So I thought you were going to mention um, the other um, skit on Saturday Night Live, um, Fred Garvin. Male prostitute. Remember that one, Rick Garvin. Male prostitute.
2: <laughs> I, am. I like to answer my phone sometimes like that. To me, <laughs> this is the Colonel. Male prostitute.
1: <laughs> the Very Honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawkwaters III. How are you today, Colonel?
2: I couldn't be better, Timmy. I couldn't be better. Once, once I found out the devil, I you know I woke up. I was a little, little, you, know, you know, just not feeling feeling, me. And then once I realized what it was mm-hmm. that for an hour, hour, hour and a half, I was going to have the devil in my
1: life, Timmy. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm not going to have the devil in my life. And not only morning. are you not going to have her, you're going to have the lovely Nina for an hour in your life.
2: Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm chipper and walking around, little bluebirds flying on my shoulder. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't... I'm just a happy man, Timmy. I'm a happy man. Whistling song of the South. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Zip doo da, zip My oh my, the devil's away. That's what my, that's what I was singing, Timmy.
1: Well, and we hope Brandy, uh, you know, has a good a uh, good time at her appointment. Air quotes mm-hmm. at ten o'clock on a Sunday. Who? Come on. I mean, you know, she's not even trying anymore to come up with. Good excuses, just.
2: No, now it's just appointment.
1: Now I just have an appointment.
2: What do you have an appointment for? Nobody's open at ten o'clock. And her probation officer
1: isn't in on a Sunday.
2: Right. So she's got to see him three times
1: a week now. But we are happy that that we uh, that Nina joined us, jumped in very last minute, and uh, agreed to join us this morning. So we're very grateful that. I know you're. Busy solving unsolved mysteries, but we're glad that you're here we're right glad that you're here
4: well, thank you
1: Nina like the uh
4: nina
2: like Nina needs her own scooby van
4: i do I need a mystery machine
2: mystery machine, yeah, because she going around
4: the, going around the
2: country focus on mostly on Michigan but you but you you do a lot of work on missing people yes. Um, Maybe you could put a Facebook picture of the devil on your page because she'd been missing for most of the podcasts we've been doing lately.
1: <laughs> now, Nina, when we when you solve it. a mystery, do you do you do it in dramatic fashion? Like, do you grab the mask and pull it off of, like, the school teacher or whoever, you know, like they do in Scooby-Doo just at the ending of it?
4: Right, and then I yell, Old Man Withers! <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs>
2: You know, when they pull into town, why don't they just go right to old man with us? Because it's always old man with us. It's always him.
4: Well, we give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Because he's old?
2: Well, I guess it's... No, it's our American system of justice, Timmy. You're you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Yeah.
4: Especially if you're an old white dude. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Especially, yeah. I have a Beauregard, Timmy, who... uh, Reminds me quite a bit of Scrappy Doo. He does.
1: He does. By the way, his yeah, uh, I could see that. My mom liked his confidence. Uh, my mom liked the post that he put up of Bo encouraging her to get her vaccine. To get her vaccine, yeah, my mom get Bo. Me and my mom gets her sweeter. vaccine this week. So yeah. Oh, good. That's it a is. relief. It really is. But uh, yeah, so. Do you think who do you think in Scooby Doo which ones were sleeping together, do you think, Colonel? I mean, I think Daphne was doing everything. Which ones? Myself.
2: Which ones do I think were yeah, sleeping like, together you know, in Scooby Doo?
1: Who was hooking up on that? For you think? Well, Daphne and Fred, do you think? I would Is say there Fred. I don't know all the characters. I would say
2: Fred, probably Fred and Shaggy, Timmy. <laughs> because Shaggy would do damn near anything for a Scooby snack, and Fred seemed to have a big stash of Scooby
1: snacks. Yeah.
2: So I think, uh, I think.
1: So you, so you think there was some sex trafficking going on there?
2: <laughs> I think it was. It was not as, is <laughs> not as pure as you think. Mm. I think that you know. Late at night, Scooby would sneak in, you know, or Shaggy would sneak out of the mystery machine and Fred would sneak out and he'd be like, I got three Scooby Scooby snacks for you,
1: Shaggy. And they're in my pocket. And they're in my pocket. All you have to do is reach.
4: You just have to figure out which one.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think that's
2: why Shaggy always looks so down. Because Shaggy was a real clean cut (laughs) handsome man, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And then he got he got that bad Scooby Snack addiction, Timmy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know what happens to people? He started letting himself go. He started doing things he wasn't proud of. And uh, it it really just it it was hard on him.
4: Now, that we Do you think Brandy is out looking for Scooby Snacks.
2: That <laughs> that could very well be. That could very well be if they're at the bottom of a shot glass. <laughs> um <laughs> So now that we have you uh, on in, you know, I got I got some questions for you because I, I did not oh, realize. Jesus. OK. Until. uh No, I'll save those kind of questions for when you will off to ask. So uh, <laughs> I did not realize that we have been doing this podcast longer than you have been doing your podcast.
4: Yeah, that's correct.
2: So. When you were starting your podcast, did you listen to a lot of our episodes to, you know, kind of model yourself after? To, to figure would, out would what say not we to are do. Inspirations
1: to you? No. <laughs> you seem that seem you didn't struggle with that answer there, Nina. You seem you know you seem. you know it's. It's funny. I actually
4: remember Charlie talking about your podcast, and that's how I heard about it.
1: Charlie from uh, Crime well, Lines. a good friend, Charlie.
4: Charlie from Crime Lines.
1: Charlie was an original member of the group
2: and started her podcast, and she has grown to be
1: far more successful than us. I was on the first three episodes of yeah. her podcast. At that point, it was Insight, and um, they fired me.
4: I remember. Yeah. They fired you. <laughs>
1: Because well you know I'm used to saying certain things on this podcast you know because we have no guardrails that needs to be our tagline, podcast with no guardrails mm-hmm. and uh, exactly yeah they it, it was a let let's just say it was a mutual decision that I had nothing to do with.
2: <laughs> One day you just re- realize you weren't getting the call. yeah
1: well they said you know we're we're going to record. At 10 o'clock on Saturday, and they had recorded at 6. So, there I was waiting. It's kind of like my... You got ghosted. Kind of, yeah, I did get ghosted. It uh, it was, yeah, like, I was ghosted by, like, one of the most popular podcasts out there. But I was also, uh, it was sort of like my uh, dating life back then. I just, you know. I uh, would show up and I would be the only one. Show up at the Did they
2: tell you, Timmy? Did they say to you, It's not you, it's us, Timmy. It's not you, it's us.
1: <laughs> no, they pretty much said it was me. Actually. <laughs> <Excellent.
4: laughs> so but they friend zoned you, right? They were like, We're still yes, gonna be yes. friends.
1: Love your work. Love all you do. But yeah.
2: Oh, that's the worst place to be, Timmy. Yeah. That's the worst place to be.
1: We just see I, I, we just see the podcast going in a different direction, without you. Yeah. the direction. Yeah,
2: we 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 see it being successful
1: without you. That's the direction we <laughs> yeah. see it going in. And <laughs> exactly, and they were they were so we love Charlie.
2: They were various. Charlie's. Charlie's been very successful. She is, they, she's, she's done amazing. a number of. In oh,
4: she's yeah. amazing.
2: I I have to. Uh, I, w- I was scanning through podcasts the other day, and I ran across a uh, one that did a a series on the Oakland County killings in Michigan. Is that Nina's podcast? Well, Nina had done a long term. Um, yeah. Don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I thought, well, I will uh, I will I will jump in here and take a quick listen to this and see how it is, and it was. So just absolutely horrid that. Uh, <laughs> you mean the that topic? It made me feel good is... about this podcast. You mean
1: the topic or the
2: uh, the the hosts, the audio, the
1: content? Everything was bad. Yeah, they don't have everything. They don't bad. have you as the uh, wizard, the editor. You're a rare well, talent, Colonel. It
2: wasn't so much. It wasn't so much the editing. It was just one sounded like Oscar the Grouch was. You know, it was like us three people recording remotely, Uh-huh. and uh, one sounded like Oscar the Grouch had smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, recording from a garbage
1: can. March shot, March wow. shot.
4: Man, I miss smoking.
1: It, yeah, I miss smoking too. But I miss heroin now that I've. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it, it's been almost three hours huh?
2: Yeah if they would just
1: legalize uh-huh. drugs We'd all, You know what my dream place. Nina I, You know it, it used to be You know it used to be like they were clear You know there was a lot of We had a lot of laws and then they legalize You know ca- Gambling in casinos right And they've kind right. of You know uh, well, in a lot of places, they legalize marijuana. What I want to see, and my, my fervent hope is someday I'll see uh, that they have, they bring back uh, opium dens because I'm there. If they open up an opium den, I'm going to spend the rest of my life there. I hope they have residential because...
4: <laughs> That's your <laughs> retirement, that retirement plan? plan?
1: I'm just... You know, lay in one of those. Op- now the idea would be uh, ideal would be if they had an opium dim on one floor and a brothel on another floor. <laughs> that's that's my idea of a perfect world.
4: And an elevator, well,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah because, that would you know, be key there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Getting older, you know, I can't climb stairs. Maybe have a lift, you know, like one of those little lifts that they put on your. Own.
2: Oh yeah, on the steps that would be yeah. cool
1: or a bat pole, really? Pepe. <laughs> if pole. they had opium dimming on the top
2: and <laughs> the brothel on the, or bottom, you could just you could pole. stay
1: down, like downstairs, have the opium den downstairs, and then you just like press a um, a button, you know, and a hooker would come down the uh, bat pole, yeah, the pole, pole.
2: You know, one thing that has been missing this whole COVID, and there's a there's a market there's a market out there for it. Um, is Uba Hokas,
1: Timmy. Horash. Horash. hoardash Timmy. <laughs> there you go. Whore Dash, yeah. I'm with you, Colonel. And it, there's some Yeah. That would that would uh go over well. It's
2: like when you're picking out your hamburger, you just get on your phone and pick out pick out the woman.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh you know, oh nope, nope. She's you have a little menu mm. to select from what you want.
2: Right, yeah. What do I feel like tonight? Oh, Czechoslovakian. That that sounds good tonight. Horadash. Yeah, horadash.
1: Oh <laughs> all right, and we we should we? I think we're to something, Timmy. Uh, I do too. Should we talk about Killdozer? John Marvin John Hemeyer. Would you like to do? Yeah, that? this guy was yes. uh,
2: something else. He was he was a little bit scary to me, Timmy. To me.
5: But
4: well, he's got three names, so he can't be right. all right.
2: No. I, sh- well, I I'm willing to talk about him Timmy. Well, I've before we do, I should I should now, mention
1: so. I should give a shout out to your podcast, Colonel. Um, we had some good news this week. Um, you want to you want to mention it or should should I just tell you?
2: Um, you can mention it cuz I'm not really sure what you are talking, talking about. about.
1: <laughs> well, Nina, I know you are a big I- fan of the podcast Spy Stories with our Yes, with the colonel here and the lovely Karen Michelle, um, they they took a little break, and that, that's not the good news. The good news is they're off break now, oh. and they have uh, new new episodes. So check them out. Spot they're back. They're back. Spy stories available on iTunes.
2: Yeah, we're doing a series on British spies. To me, British female spies. It's mm. the good. SOE. Oh, hot! And these are some of the craziest women you ever seen, Timmy. I mean, they would do things that you would just think if some wow. if somebody asked me, I would just say, uh, "Yeah, that's going to be a hard no on that." <laughs> but these women would just do it, and and it's just amazing the uh, it's amazing the confidence that they had, Timmy. Well, wow. more than me.
4: Confidence or competence?
2: Both. Both.
1: They're crazy. Yeah,
4: I
2: will will not spend too much time on it, but basically to be a SOE spy, Mm -hmm. all you had to do was know how to speak French. (laughs) If you could (laughs) speak French, that was half of it. And then they'd spend two weeks teaching them how to jump out of planes behind enemy lines. And they'd be wow. radio operators. And they, I mean, these women would do things that were just, they had a boldness about them that you just cannot, you can't put into words. It's its just really amazing. Hey, you know, I'm messing with them.
1: My, And you know, my, the lovely Leanne is, is from the UK. You have to be, you have to be careful around them. Cause they're, they're prim and proper sometimes. No, there are
2: women that, there are women that you you don't want to be you, there are women you don't want to trifle with to me that's yeah. all you got that so we're, yeah we're doing a whole series on these on these soe
1: women and so they are, uh, we would encourage everyone to check out spy stories <clears throat> yes and uh we may have more coming from context and clarity soon a political podcast that you host with the uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've done some stuff on uh some interesting
2: president because, you know, we have a president getting ready to leave office. Right. Um unless he wins those last two lawsuits in traffic court in traffic you know, Iowa. Court. But uh <laughs> but uh
4: why is there stuff going on in politics right now?
2: <laughs> well there's a number of
1: things. Things have kinda of been kinda of <laughs> slow. A pro-
2: yeah. It's been a slow news day. But as presidents leave, they want to uh they often pardon people. Mm-hmm. And uh
1: So you're covering so that like themselves
2: became a subject, so we decided to uh look at the history and kinda go down president by president who has pardoned the most interesting people. So it was uh That would be it was it was quite gonna, a I haven't listened to that
1: but... Uh... I will have to check Well that one hasn't been reported. Oh, okay.
2: Believe it or not. Believe it or not, Timmy, that's one
1: I had researched myself. Oh my gosh. What yeah, what does I, she expect from you? I mean, you bring all the star qualities that you possess to that podcast. And and she expects well, you to work as well.
2: Well, she won't let me do it off the top of my head, Timmy.
1: I know most of this information off the top of
2: my head and what I don't know I can make up convincingly. <laughs> But, uh, I wonder if Brandy yeah. is
1: seeking a pardon um, for her, you know, all her crimes. Um, yeah, that, would be that could be
4: her appointment
1: this that morning. That could be her appointment. Maybe, yeah, maybe that could she's, very well. she's trying to get an appointment. Maybe she's going to fly down to D.C. and meet with uh, President Trump and uh, pillow guy. My pillow guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a my
2: pillow? Uh, so... The uh, inauguration is uh, what Wednesday? Yes, Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a lot of pardoning that can happen between now and then. So that just interested me. What?
1: So yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in these last yeah, final I days of President Trump. But we hope Brandy is able to. Uh, get her pardon because, you know, I don't know. Like I said, you know, it may be slowed up. You know, some of these pardons may be slowed up due to the mail. Uh, But it would be a shame if, uh, because, you know, it's going to take some time for them to fill out all the paperwork for Brandy. I mean, they really should have started back in, like, March or something.
2: Well, really, they should have started right about the, Time of Obama's second inauguration, <laughs> um, and, and don't you think a pardon's going to be wasted on Brandy because she's just going to do the same stuff next week?
3: But it would yeah. be nice for so,
1: her
4: to have a clean slate to start from.
1: Kind of like uh, what was that? Remember that those little things you'd buy and uh, you could draw on, and then you lift a piece the piece of plastic. Well, not etch this. Etch-a- no, like a little
4: magnetic it, cling paper. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Exactly. That's what she needs. yeah, they You know, um, coloring is coming back. Coloring books are coming back, aren't they? Or, I guess they're already back. I see people like I don't uh, when think I they travel. Ever went away. Well, but you know what I mean. They're popular again. I guess is what I should say. In, in adults, adults, no, yes. Yeah, like you, I didn't, I didn't well. realize there was a coloring book ban, but. <laughs> I just, think, I, I noticed it a lot like when I fly, you know, that there would be people hollering on the thing. I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was uh, back. It was popping.
4: I'll, I'll be happy when flying comes back and we can travel.
1: Yeah, I guess you can still fly, but I wouldn't want to right now. But I guess, uh, people do fly. But, uh, well, um,. Yeah, I'm with uh, you, see, Nina. I, glad, I really want to travel. Glad
2: flying is not a thing anymore, Timmy.
1: You don't like flying, Colonel.
2: I think flying should be a uh at least they put me on a no fly list and keep me on <laughs> that, Timmy. I'm
1: not are you sure that you're not on a no fly list? I you could know? be
2: on a no fly. I haven't been on an
1: airplane in a long time, so I right. could be on a
2: no no fly list, but
1: I'm sure Brandy but, is on a no fly list.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: She might be on a plane to uh, to uh, Casablanca right now, Timmy, because I don't think they have an extradition treaty with the United States. So,
1: Well, we'll have to figure out that time difference for next week when she calls <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, when, she's, when she's doing it.
1: When she calls off. Hey, guys. You're, yes? Can,
4: yeah. can we get into the script?
1: Oh, what a great mm-hmm. idea. That's why well, you are a successful a bossy, podcast.
4: Enough. Well, get used to it.
1: That's why you were a successful podcaster, because it wouldn't have occurred to us to get a script for another 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, if we would have
2: just sat here with two old men, we're just sitting around here <laughs> thinking about whether we need
4: haircuts or not. <laughs> <laughs> you probably do.
1: I do need a haircut, like, bad. Granby, Nina, is a small town in Grand County, Colorado. You ever been to Granby, Colorado, Colonel? I've been
4: there.
1: I've been there, Timmy. You ever been to Colorado, Nina?
4: No, I've actually never been to Colorado.
1: I haven't either. I've just you know, no, I haven't. I think I changed flights in Denver once, but I want to I want to go to Colorado. It looks like it's a beautiful state. Of course our good friend Ben is from Colorado. Ooh, he is. But anyway, Granby is situated along U.S. Highway 40 in Middle Park, about 85 miles northwest of Denver and 14 miles southwest of the Rocky Mountain National Park. As of the 2010 census, the town had a population of 1,864. After this story it will be 1,863. Granby is a (laughs) small community. Spoilers. I know. (laughs) Granby is a small community in which people know their neighbors. I hate places like that. Sometimes a little too well. In 2004, Granby became the site of a bizarre incident in which... 52-year-old Marvin John Heemeyer went on a rampage with his custom-made bulldozer. What do you think about that, Nina?
4: I think that sounds cool. I want a custom-made bulldozer.
1: Yeah. Who doesn't? Right? I mean...
4: In theory, this is fantastic.
1: We all should...
2: um, I want an environmentally friendly one, to me. I don't want one of those that just shoots out black. I want an electric. Uh, basically, I want a, you uh, know what would be cool is a, get it, if you would have made this out of a
1: Yugo. No. A Yugo killdozer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no.
1: I haven't seen a Yugo for a while. Remember, what there, was that? There are, what?
2: Now, it's, they're down to, uh, they're down to 1,500 people in Granby.
1: Oh, I just had my research assistant. Man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, probably because their, all their buildings were mowed down by the killdozer.
2: <laughs> exactly. Had yeah, to relocate.
1: You got some refugees at the end of this uh, saga. <laughs> yeah, this is a. Uh, well, wonder what kind of mileage go. he got on the killdozer, Colonel. Not good. Not I can't good. think it was great to me.
2: But I
4: it's diesel it fuel, great. right? So that's, you know. Better. Yeah,
2: so it's better for the environment. It's cheap. Well, I think diesel fuel is more expensive. But I, I, I digress, Timmy. I digress. I'm sorry,
1: Marvin John. Uh, we He-Meyer. don't want to get Nina tense if we get off the. Yeah, right, she's the pretty topic. focused. She's she's like a laser beam. Focuses on this.
2: I, she may not have had breakfast. To me, you know how the ladies get
1: when they have. I'm not day sure day. she's ever listened to our podcast. Oh,
4: for God's sake! <laughs> I've had breakfast. I listened to your podcast. Focus.
1: Marvin John Hemeyer was born on October 28, 1951. That Nina, that would be right before Halloween, 1951,
4: oh, and right after my mom was born.
1: When was your mom born?
4: Uh, September of 1951.
1: Wow. My god, you're young. Yes, she's she's only 10 years older than me. Wow. Hm. I could you, be your older. Your mother present.
2: was your mother was 12 years older than uh no, she was
1: Yeah, 12 years older than me. And when was <laughs> Now when was your father <laughs> Joe born?
4: 1947.
1: So he was born okay. right after the war, yeah. So he was a baby. Your he was a true baby boomer. Yeah, your grandparents were, you know, celebrating there with the, They know, were with the whoopee. <laughs> ew. You want to think about your grandparents knocking no. boots, but ew! But they had to do it, or you wouldn't be here. That's so, fair. Yeah, we're we're grateful. Thankfully Otherwise, it would just be. be me and the colonel say. Would mm-hmm. be nearly so
2: talking about our sore feet. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <what> Christ!
4: <laughs> so, what was Marvin like as a child?
1: Well, I'm, I'm. I would like to tell you that uh, <laughs> as a child, he kept to himself. He was a good student, but seemed to get bored easily, much like the the Colonel. There, he's, he's sometimes easily bored. He got good grades. And uh, especially in math, which was his uh, favorite subject. He could cipher, Nina. He could cipher. Oh. Growing up, Marvin was often teased because he had a speech impediment. Let's say. Yeah. It really is an impediment when you can't talk. I've noticed that on this podcast
2: yes which uh, and he had a stutter timmy he had he had a
1: stutter stutter. he was bullied by uh bigger kids who would often pants him a few times a week and you uh, of course pants uh, being pants means that someone pulls down your pants that's the name so they did that to him a few times a week so he to combat this, he got very creative, and Marvin created a special belt that would make it difficult for bullies to pull down his pants. So, he is a smart little cookie there, Dina, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Sure. Very creative. Resourceful. Yeah.
2: Being that young. Well, and, uh, yeah, it, that young and, Marvin, uh, see, there's a problem with that to me, and, uh, well, I'll let you get to it, but Marvin had not thought this
1: through. no. The new belt was a bit too effective uh, when in seventh grade, Marvin had a bout of diarrhea mm. and could not get his pants down quickly enough. Oh, God. This resulted in Marvin soiling himself. You know, it says here in front of his classmates. I'm sure it wasn't in front of his classmates, but he soiled himself and his classmates, of course, learned about it. And uh, Colonel, that's that's hard to live down on when you're in seventh You
2: know, no matter if if really all you have to do is throw up on the bus when you're in the second grade and you're known your whole life as the person who threw up on the bus in the second grade. Doesn't matter what you do. You could go on to be senator, president, win a Nobel Prize, but people will still refer to you as that kid who threw up on the bus on the second grade. Yeah, well, but I, I can't was, imagine. This is a different to, even
1: at higher level than that, right?
2: Right. So once you once you have uh once you have muddied your britches, Timmy. <laughs> each um, yeah. And and I was on a bus one time with someone who did that. It was uh back in the seventies, Timmy. Yeah, you sure I was it wasn't. A small Marvin. Child. Wasn't Marvin. I was a small child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting in the seat, and there was this lady. It was kind of a crowded bus, and I was sitting on the seat, and all of a sudden an ungodly stench came through the bus to me. And there was a woman, and you could see her looking rather uncomfortable. Um, and this is back when they had the, you know, the Is this the like a city, the, yeah, a city bus? Yeah, yeah, a metro bus. This is back when they had the uh, uh, pantsuits, you know, with the bell bottoms, and there was all polyester, right. and they came in, like, lime green,
1: like a bright neon greenish, you know. So basically and, uh, the same attire that Brandy wears today.
2: Uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the woman all of a sudden jumped up, got off of the bus, and as I seen it getting off the, you know, the back door, I saw a big round brown spot on her lime green
5: oh. uh,
2: pantsuit and uh it was horrid to me. It was just <laughs> horrid. Yeah. And you know, she could get off the bus and I didn't know her name so I couldn't make fun of her, but
1: uh But you would have if you if you
2: could I would have I would've I but today to me in my head she's still the lady who uh who uh, I <laughs> <laughs> when I worked in the when the, in the staffing industry, Timmy, I I had a man. He was a really good worker, and one day, he just disappeared at lunchtime. Timmy and the company called me and said that he wasn't there, and I called him and I said, "What happened?" He said, "Mr. Walters," I'm I'm using his exact uh, verbiage and words and colloquialisms, and uh, he said. Mr. Walters. I thought I had to pass gas, but I do do myself. <laughs> do <Dude, dude. laughs> very technical. I do do myself. Now this was an adult. It was an adult. Yeah. And I did not want to laugh at him, but he said I was embarrassed and I felt shame and I went home and I said, Well, you should have told somebody but he returned to work the next day, much cleaner. and Thank God. Did did not
1: have the Indian food again. So. <laughs> uh, Nina, do you have any poop stories you would like to tell?
4: <laughs> no. No, I, I do not.
1: No? No bus, no embarrassing bus things?
4: No, no. Nothing I'm going to share with you two.
2: No.
1: Well
4: the the thing about
2: being it just, men
1: is, just you be know, Chuck and I. No one listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's only gonna be four other people that hear about this. Um the thing about you know and and I don't wanna be uh, that point out the obvious, but you know, women often have female things that cause them to exit
4: eventually,
2: I will just say. Would you agree with me on that, Nina? Yeah, that happens. It's it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, it's something that we don't talk about, nor do we mock the women for, because it's just a regular thing. But if you soil yourself, like Marvin did, you are going to be mocked for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, and he was. He was much maligned, uh, Nina, for that event. Yeah, it's hard to get past
4: something like that.
1: Yeah. He was teased a lot.
4: So, so what did and, he do after he graduated?
1: Well, he moved to Idaho, and um, you know when you, when because we know everyone that moves to Idaho, everyone who who has something they can't live down. They move to Idaho and make bombs, basically. And <laughs>
2: yeah. he got a little co- he got a little cottage next to the Unabomber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So he got a job as a machinist and a mechanic because, as I said, he was—he was—I mean, the guy was smart. He just was not socially awkward, and he—you know—he pooped himself, but that happens. <laughs> Marvin uh, was able to save most of his salary. It reminds
2: a, me of that divino song, Timmy. I don't want anybody. <laughs> When I think about you I poop myself. Oh I don't want.
4: Stop. Jesus. Yeah,
1: you know, I was at a when that song was popular She uh, is
4: rolling in her grave right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I went to a wedding and um you know it was a it was a friend of mine and it was a big you know, sort of a big wedding and had all of her family there and um then you know after the wedding there were a reception and her family was all there and she had a lot of older people there you know grandparents whatnot and that song came on and you know like grandma with the blue hair is sitting there tapping her to, <laughs> to touch myself i just i found that funny but maybe no, it's just me anyway uh marvin um Lived a meager life in Idaho. He worked as a mechanic, as I said, and he saved most, most of his salary. Uh, he spent most of his time alone. He didn't interact much with his coworkers or neighbors, so he was somewhat of an, of a loner, He was some, somewhat of an odd character. He didn't uh, he didn't date much, although he had several short term relationships that. Uh, ended mostly because of Marvin's jealousy, he felt inferior and um and should I say he felt inferior, probably because he was he was inferior yeah. some people what... need some people deserve need low self-esteem i mean some people <laughs>
2: so, some c- people need, some people should learn low self-esteem yeah, they really should
4: so do you know what Marvin needed? What did he need? Hordash.
1: <laughs> he yeah, he did. Need Hordash. he did. He's like Hordash.
4: perfect candidate for Hordash.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I'm not sure he's if He's the
2: demographic, Timmy. When we he is. To build our he apps. is. He's I'm not sure if
1: they cater. I don't know if they have Hordash out there in Idaho, but. He's of course they do. It's right
4: in the name. <laughs> Idaho. It's, <laughs> yeah.
1: Idaho. Uh,
2: it's a longer wait, but uh, yeah.
1: See, we just had to wait for you, Nina. We we knew you were a professional. We we, we knew you're a great podcaster. And we knew we, we knew eventually, we break you, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew would break it you. Uh, anyway, Marvin felt inferior, and he worried that his girlfriends would leave him. Uh, so much so that he would often push them away, or maybe no, that's
2: classic were- attachment disorder, Timmy. Yeah, what what what's going through Marvin's mind here is is I love this person, but eventually they're gonna leave me. They're gonna hurt me. They're gonna break my heart. So let me push them away first.
1: Nina, so one of the reasons why we have Chuck on this uh, podcast is because he has so much insight into human behavior.
4: Clearly. So.
1: So you're saying he had, uh, what did what'd you call it? A detachment? Or- well, he had deta- attachment
2: or abandonment issues, you know, to me that mm-hmm. uh, would cause him to get close to somebody and then think, no, they're going to leave me, so they push him away. Well, sometimes they chop him up into pieces <laughs> and bury him in a hole. <laughs> or, but, you know, it, it really t- depends on how you react. If you react <laughs> healthy or not.
4: Hide them in the crawl space under the house. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs)
1: sometimes.
2: Sometimes. Really
1: depends. After uh, living in Idaho for several years, Marvin saved enough money to open a small business. Well, look at him. That's an American dream there, Nina. Yes. Living
4: the dream. In 1989,
1: Marvin decided to open a muffler shop in Granby, Colorado, near his hometown. He grew up in said he was born in South Dakota, but he he grew up in uh, Grand Lake, Colorado, which is right outside of Granby. In his mind, Marvin was returning home a success. It was his opportunity to show all of those who had teased him and bullied him as a child, pulled down his pants, laughed at him for pooping on himself, is his way his way of showing them that they were wrong about him?
2: And you know, you know, his first day, Biff showed up at the muffler shop and said, "Hey, can you fix this?" And try not to, you know, <laughs> shit on it. Shit on my. Try not to do do on my front seat, Marvin. Could you do that? And then all the things that Marvin had accomplished, all that the self-esteem he had built up, was just crushed by Biff in that day.
4: Yeah. Marvin,
2: I'd like to get a new exhaust, and uh, I'd like you to keep your exhaust under control
4: <laughs>
5: and
2: try not to soil my front seat, Could you do that. And then messed with Marvin's hair, you know, muffled, how people do that, messed yeah. his hair up, and, you know, and then just laughed and with his caps and everything, and said, you're a good guy, Marvin, just teased <laughs> and punched him in the arm, and, you know, and, and, And Marvin decided at that minute that people were going to die to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of a story. There's this uh, young guy who was dating this woman. He was madly in love with her, and he was going to ask her to marry him. And she took him home to meet her parents. So he wanted to make a favorable impression, right? So uh, she introduces him to her mother and her father. And a little... Family dog, Fido, came over to him, and he started petting Fido, Nina, and uh, he really felt that, you know, things were going really well, but all of a sudden, he passed gas, which is, you know, embarrassing. It happens, yeah. It does, but the good news is the mother, uh, his girlfriend's mother, said, Fido, so... So, you know, this guy was relieved, right? Okay, she thinks the dog is, it was a dog, not me. So, you know, this is, this is cool. So a few minutes later, it happens again. And the mother, future mother-in-law screams out, Fido. And so, you know, he said, oh, this is cool. <laughs> They're not going to blame me. So he's petting the dog. And all of a sudden, he just passed the guy really loudly, loudly. And uh, the mother says, Fido, get over here before he shits all over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a story getting away?
4: You know, it's almost uh, a shame that Brandy's not here to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I know she would have enjoyed it.
2: Now you have a you now you have a, a, a really an amazing dog. Me? Yeah, Kona. I yeah, mean, Kona is a, he's a
4: good boy. He's a beautiful
2: beast. Um, are there certain foods you've learned not to give to Kona? Because nothing can clear out a room like a dog.
5: Oh, God.
1: A
2: gassy dog
1: will just clear Do out Do you room. feed him goya beans?
4: No. Uh, but he eats green beans every day.
2: Now, Rudy eats peas. Rudy likes peas.
1: He likes peas? What about uh, Bo, Colonel?
2: Um, Bo, Bo likes raw meat, Timmy. Bo just likes raw meat. Just right off the bone. That's what do she you, said. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bo's like a werewolf, Timmy.
1: Now, do you have problems with that, Colonel? Uh, are there certain foods you won't feed Bo or Rudy due to their digestive issues?
2: Well, Bo. <laughs> So little. I don't know that he could do anything, but Rudy's 70 pounds. And uh, if he gets the wrong thing to me, and, and uh, you never really know what the wrong thing's going to be with Rudy. It's a problem. Yeah, it it can make your eyes water. I mean, the it, when you see, you know, the big crowds amassing and you see him shooting off the tear gas, really all you have to do is give... Uh, Rudy some teriyaki beef jerky <laughs> and wait for about an hour. And uh, he will clear those crowds out for you. <laughs> Maybe they need him at the Capitol. Yeah, they are. Rudy could have single single acidly kept that Capitol
5: safe. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, God. All right, so being detail-oriented, uh, Marvin developed an extensive business plan for his new business in Granby, and spent a lot of time researching where to place his new business. So he's smart cookie, Nina.
4: Right. So that's so what I was thinking.
1: Marvin decided to purchase land uh, from uh, the Resolution Trust Corporation. Which was a federal agency organized to handle the assets of failed savings and loans institutions. And uh, Colonel, you remember back in I guess the 80s when there was the I you know, do the failed the, fail,
5: the <clears throat>
1: savings and loans uh, all failed. I know Nina, you would have been much much too young, but it was a big, it was a national no, story. No, I
2: remember, Timmy. I had uh, now luckily I keep all my money in a in a mattress, Timmy, so I wasn't affected by that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't trust banks and anybody who does is a fool. So, yeah, but I do remember it. To me, it was quite a scandal. It was quite a scandal. Originated here. It started here. With, yes, with, uh, here in Cincinnati, Mr. Keating, mm-hmm. um, who looked lo- just looked apart for a big scandal like that, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he was like that guy on. Um, He's a guy on The Simpsons. The
4: Mr. Burns.
1: Yes, yes, he looked like just looked like Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a big scandal, and uh, so the this uh, Resolution Trust Company was put in place, a federal agency to handle assets all these failed savings and loans. So people lost their life savings in this. It was yes, it was, they did terrible time so anyway i can i can actually remember
2: timmy friends of mine their parents they they were lining up at the banks trying to get the money out and they closed the banks and
1: yeah it's like a bank run and, of the
2: 30s yeah, and or people something. you know these were mostly middle class people there wasn't a lot of as as per our you know per procedure it wasn't a lot of really rich people losing money in this to me it was middle class people who had the savings in there and uh and uh, there were there were no firing squads, but you know, interestingly, over eight hundred people went to jail for this, Timmy. Good. Yeah. As opposed to our other financial crisis. Yeah. They took this very seriously. They were locking people up left and right for this stuff, Timmy. So they didn't Mark, come to me because I is put what, my money in mattresses in your sock.
1: Hmm? I said you put your <laughs> money in your sock
2: god damn right i put my money <laughs> yeah i don't have a lot to a
1: lot to keep there. so so marvin paid forty two thousand dollars for the land uh for to build his muffler shop at first things went well with his neighbors and uh marvin's business began to flourish Things started to go wrong, however, in 1990 when a woman that Marvin was interested in obtained a restraining order against him claiming that he was harassing her. That's Apparently,
2: usually a sign that things are going wrong. When, when, <laughs> in when, a relationship? A woman, when you get a, yeah, when, a, when you get a restraining order, that's... Uh, and and that's how you learn to pick up subtle cues from women, Timmy. <laughs> When actually handing you legal documents
1: to say, stay away from me. And police are leading you away in handcuffs and yeah, putting you in the back of their vehicle. It's it's, it's a sign you might need some counseling, some couples yeah. counseling. It's the re- relationship is not going well at that point. Well, apparently Marvin uh, asked a lady out on several occasions, this lady that had the restraining order against him um and she rejected him each time finally going so far to tell marvin that she was a lesbian just so he would leave her alone but i don't I think just, that
4: that's going to put a lot of men off you know they're going to see it as a challenge <laughs> no. or they're going to want to watch
2: right that's that's just a bonus i mean and and <laughs> Again, just makes you love them more. You know. Now, this is before I wrote the book, but uh, uh, there's a there's a chapter in there on how to deal with certain situations like that, and uh, you, they can be flipped, Timmy. Even if they're telling you the <laughs> truth, you can flip them, Timmy. You can flip them right back. Well, uh, I mean, You it's know, just they, a matter they, of. You episodes. need your
1: own TV show, Colonel, where <laughs> oh, you're flipping. God. You know, I'm how so the people sorry. flip houses. <laughs> I, yeah, I houses. mean, it's like
2: house flipping. Mm-hmm. This is lesbian flipping, Timmy. <laughs> I um, <see>. Because, <sighs> I mean, I, you, you know, it, the thing about this, Timmy, is, and I just finished up a chapter called uh, 2 plus 1 equals 1. And it's really about the dangers of involving, you know, every man has a fantasy of involving another woman into bringing another woman into the relationship. But what what they don't understand is when you bring a woman into a relationship and, you know, men like me and you don't have to worry about this. But um, often women are like Jedis to me Mm -hmm. when it comes to understanding the sexual needs of another woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, more, you they know, are.
1: They they are. Some of them can be almost as in tune to that as you and I are.
2: <laughs> well, and when you compare them to the average man, they're far. <laughs> we have amused Ms. I don't. I don't understand what <laughs> she's laughing at. Probably still <laughs> laughing
1: from my joke earlier, but that's okay. Right. Probably
2: she liked that one. So. My two plus two equals one theory, or two plus one equals one theory, Timmy, is that- uh, You're not you very good at woman, math, aren't you? But you, <laughs> you, leave, you end up losing your woman because she decides that this uh, this vagina Jedi is uh-huh. better than you. So now you're just sitting in the corner watching these two
1: go at it, and, and you trying know, to- if
2: you if you're not careful, it can go take a left turn on you, Timmy.
1: Before you know, you're now, living in Idaho, ordering your board. Exactly. <laughs> now,
2: you, now, you've got two to flip back, Timmy, and you got to divide and conquer. And it's not. And then I mean, you got to bring get messy. You got to bring two more women in, and, and then you're <laughs> a four against one.
5: <laughs>
1: right.
2: Before you know it, you got a whole team lined up against you. So, man, I mean, not and, and that's what you know that's what most people don't have our skills to me i mean that's the ugly reality
1: it's just too many it's just too many uh limbs for me you know what i mean like a threesome it's just too much going on there but i will say that i've, I've had one experience in that area and it was kind of nice because when i was done i was able to go and uh, turn on uh sports center and <laughs> sports center yeah I, I, I wasn't. You're a I true was romantic.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: How about you, Colonel? Have you experienced the affections of two women at one time? Well, Timmy, I, I, uh, I, I've
2: shot away from that, Timmy, because I don't trust women to not kill me, Timmy. <laughs> and it's it's hard. I I, I can't imagine eye. why, with your <laughs> yeah.
1: your progressive view on on things.
2: Well, so it's hard enough to keep because there's no way I could focus if another woman was just wandering around behind me. You know, I'd be turning my head all the time and wondering what kind of sharp objects she had in her hand. So no, so you- I've I've stayed away from that. And and as I said, I uh I don't want to take the chance on having one flip on me, Timmy. You know, that that's that's a real thing. It happens. <laughs> You may come out of it liking men. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not even another man. I mean, you don't know what kind of voodoo chemistry gets involved in
1: all that. Right, thing. when you yeah, you can't get put that genie back in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Is that where we're putting it? Get,
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, well, wherever you can water from, but um Now, yeah, now I I now, Nina, how, what's your experience in this realm? Would you are you would you like to comment on that, or would no? You like us just...
4: I would not like to comment on that. <laughs> okay,
2: you. we can put that in the show notes. We'll talk about it after <laughs> the show.
1: I think um, that's a yes, Colonel.
2: Yeah, it's always a yes when when people make no comment, they're guilty yeah. to me. I mean, or I just want to
4: don't want to tell you two Dillhoffers about my um <laughs> <laughs> history. Uh, well.
1: well Well, this uh, she, like I said, she she told Marvin that it was off. She was a lesbian, so he would leave her alone. But apparently, that didn't work. And when Marvin uh, joined her church, (laughs) and sat in the pew directly behind her, the young lady sought police protection. Which you can't really blame her at that point, Nina. He's giving. She should have trusted in the Lord. <laughs> yeah, a little creepy at I, this point. He's a little creepy, all right. He is a our,
5: little our, creepy. Well,
2: you know, I and if I were Marvin, I would, I would. Now this one, this going back to uh, nineteen ninety, uh, a less enlightened time. This before the Great Enlightenment.
4: When I was in uh, high school. Right.
1: Exactly. Oh my God. And- <laughs> so young. I know. I'm not sure she's old enough to be on this podcast. <laughs> That's
4: questionable. I know.
2: I uh, if if I were Marvin in 1990, and I had to follow her to church, I would say I would get up and very loudly proclaim, "What are you doing in church? I thought you was a lesbian." <laughs> 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 and Churches were not as the
4: progressive pa- then.
2: They were not, and I would ask the pastor to come down and put some hands on her and heal her from her lesbianism. Oh
4: Jesus! See the Marvin, laying of
2: the hands. Oh my that. God, <laughs> the laying of the hands. I mean it's if you're gonna use the lesbian thing, you gotta be careful with that. Because uh you know, back in nineteen ninety they they didn't go to church as much as they do today. Yeah. Got to gotta be careful what you're proclaiming
1: there. They weren't as welcome. They weren't as welcome in the although maybe church. he drove her to uh switching sides.
4: Yeah, that can happen.
1: Yeah. I might have to I've look up what
4: Marvin had. looks like.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was not a handsome man. He was what? not a handsome I, we, man. This and He was a uh, lonely man. This uh this podcast I would, should mention, I meant to mention this earlier. This is the fourth time that we're recording this podcast. Every time something uh, every time we record this we have some sort of technical problem. It's almost as if Marvin is ghost is I guess that was a give away it to the ending spoiler spoiler alert but it's almost as if he's haunting uh this this episode so i haven't seen his picture in a while but uh what how would you describe him nina for the for the females in our audience
4: he's just sort of average looking you know uh there's only really one or two pictures of him and he's got uh the little beard mustache combo like the goatee mustache and uh-huh.
1: that was light popular, eyes, I and know.
4: I mean, he just—he looks like a normal person.
2: Word around Gamby was he had a micro penis,
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's what caused it, so much of the anger. Well, Well word got out about Marvin's creepy behavior, and um, his business uh, started to suffer, women would refused to enter his shop and even some men boycotted his business. Marvin started experiencing other problems as well. Um, He started having disputes with his 78-year-old neighbor, a guy by the name of Rocky Moholland, who claimed that Marvin was making too much noise in his workshop marvin uh as i mentioned earlier was sort of an odd bird he kept very erratic hours and would sometimes wake up uh wake up late and work in his shop until the wee hours of the morning so i don't know what the zoning emma said really screwed up zoning but anyway rocky his neighbor uh, called the police on Marvin at least seven times in 1991 and uh, the two men got into a physical altercation in which uh, the 78 year old Rocky Moholland threatened Marvin with a 38 pistol Marvin in turn threatened his neighbor with a blowtorch
2: God damn, they're getting all Mad Max Thunderdome up in here, getting blowtorches and shit out now.
1: Police intervened, and both Marvin uh, and uh, both Rocky and Marvin were arrested. Both men were ordered to attend conflict resolution classes. Marvin would later sarcastically display his certificate upon completion. Uh, of of completion in his muffler shop. Now, Colonel, you have one of those certificates, I believe.
2: I, I do indeed have one of those certificates. Would you me.
1: like to share?
2: Well, I guess the statute of limitations is worn out, and I had a, I had a, I had a uh, like Marvin. I was, I was like the Rocky Moholland in this. Um, <laughs> the I had seventy a year old who was, who, who was less than agreeable. And I uh, just asked him to remove himself from my property, Timmy.
1: This was your next door and, neighbor? Or-
2: and he, he, he did not. Uh, well, let's just say I had an incident, and, and the judge thought that maybe a little bit of counseling on how to handle my temper would be of great benefit to me, Timmy. And it was not. Um, <laughs> they had a group. And the first group meeting, I got kicked out of the first group meeting, Timmy. <laughs> of course, you did. And I, uh, I got to do ten weeks of individual counseling,
1: Timmy. <laughs> well, what were the uh, what were the facts that led to your you being kicked out of conflict resolution group? Well, Timmy, it was court ordered,
2: and uh, being court ordered, there was me and I think eight other gentlemen and so all guys the rest of them were of domestic violence cases oh. uh, the, i was the only one who had a simple what what you would call a simple misunderstanding the
1: prosecutor called it technically a simple assault uh, now my understanding but, is you threw a a trash can at your neighbor? Is this is this?
2: That time? See, that's that's pushing it to me. I threw a <laughs> trash can. I escorted the neighbor out of the yard, and as I was escorting him out, he stumbled and tripped into his driveway, Timmy. <laughs> and uh After and being hit I, by a trash can. Well, no, the garbage can was in my you know, in my yard, and I, I said that was what the dispute was. It was a property line dispute, and it was for grass clippings, it was just plastic, and I said, Yeah. You might want to take this with you and it, it it may or may not have glanced off of him to me. Um,
1: I see. Uh-huh. So you're in group so for throwing the trash I, can at your I'm neighbor. in
2: the group and I uh I have this this young man who who uh says that the reason he the that he decided to become physical with his uh With his baby mama was that he uh, that she disrespected him, Timmy.
5: Eh. That she
2: disrespected him, and he—if you could imagine—a younger version of Eminem with the hoodie and the whole, you know,
5: the whole Uh thing. And
2: and by this time, I'd grown weary of hearing of why these men had been, you know, behaved badly to other to women, and uh, I just kind of. I kinda of let out a noise. I don't know really what the noise was and the uh the moderator of the group asked me if I had, you know, insight or input I would like to, and I said, Yes, I do. I do in fact have some input and uh I asked the young man what the what what his what his girlfriend said to him specifically and I had some money in my wallet. I had sixty five dollars and I said, Well, I said, here's $65. I I will bet you wager my $65 that I will say that to you, and you will not do anything. Because unlike your girlfriend, I will beat you to a bloody mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And I said, because I am 180 pounds, I'm not a 105-pound girlfriend see you you worry about respect when it comes to a hundred and five pound girls, but when it comes to a hundred and eighty five pound man, you're not gonna be so concerned about it uh and the moderator decided to i i offered the young man sixty five dollars to just go on outside and See if he would respond to any insults I might throw at wait, him.
4: Wait, You started a fight at conflict resolution class. <laughs> he got
2: kicked out of conflict resolution. <laughs> oh, Jesus I, Christ! I didn't actually start the fight. I just said, I, 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 I induced him. I, I was. I said, Here's sixty five dollars. I believe you have self restraint, and here is sixty five dollars. I'm going to show you how you have self restraint. Here's $65. Tell me what she said, and I will say it to you, and I believe that you can restrain yourself. So you we were trying you to help the young man. I was trying to help the young man because you understand that there are going to be uh, physical consequences if you don't restrain yourself with me. Well, I my version, my version of therapy was not in line with what this hippie Decided it was a Just better let's... version of therapy. <laughs> so uh, rather than deal with this young man's problem, they kicked me out of the class. I, huh. don't... I mean, the injustice of it all. And uh, now I need to get this certificate because uh, if I don't bring this certificate saying I've attended 10 sessions, the judge is going to be rather unhappy with me. So they sent me to a uh, individual therapist, <laughs> and I went to him for ten weeks. And Mister Owen Clutterbuck—that is his
1: name—I swear <laughs> to you, Owen uh, Clutterbuck. Owen Clutterbuck. Now oh, you know uh, he never got laid.
5: <laughs>
1: He—he
2: was a fine, fine counselor, and he solved me. He solved my problems for me, Timmy. And then I went to the judge, and I got complete absolution for all my sins, and they they just eliminated everything from my record. Wow. Now, the beauty of this, to me, was that my neighbor also had to go to the same classes. Was he Did in you class guys, with like, you? run
4: into each other in class?
2: <laughs> no, they they put us in different classes.
4: Oh, because you could have carpooled. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
2: know, that would have been fun. <laughs>
4: but my my
2: my neighbor didn't really lose his well he did kind of he he did kind of lose his temper a little bit but it was it was really much ado about nothing why
1: that's what I'm wondering how huh? he had to go to conflict <laughs> resolution when you threw the trash can at him
2: um it, we had differing stories of what occurred to me <laughs> i see i'm surprised and, uh, we need to have him on this podcast and get his yeah. He might see it. things differently. What I saw, what I saw was him uh put his hands on me.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um he disputes that he ever in fact put his hands on me, Timmy. Um but I maintain that he did. So they thought that it would be good for him to go to uh conflict resolution. That he get at a, a different certificate. Time than me. He, did he did get, get a c- certificate. Oh, yes, okay. he does. Still does to this day. Does not talk to me.
4: Does he display the certificate in his home?
2: I do not know. He lives alone. I believe he has a number of bodies in his basement somewhere.
4: <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode I mean, about him.
2: Eventually, we will. But that is my uh, that was my adventures with, uh, and, and I've come out a much better person, Timmy.
1: <laughs> well, I can that, I can tell that
2: Colonel. I've learned yeah. it. I've learned that you solve your problems with words, Timmy, not not garbage cans full of uh,
1: yard waste. <laughs> in early 1992, but- <laughs> the city uh, building department received a complaint that Marvin was adding to his shop by building a 73-foot muffler in behind his shop. Marvin wanted the muffler to serve as a sign that people could see from the interstate, which was five miles north of his shop. And so seventy three foot you could see it from space, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <Not from laughs> must honesty. be a, it must be some sort of zoning law that would prohibit such a sign. You, you I think? can't
4: imagine why.
1: See, I can't believe that that Idaho's
2: not known for their for their uh Regulatory abuse to me.
1: Yeah, I think well, this they're pretty is, this freewheeling. Us. Uh, we're I in know. Colorado now. We're in Granby. Yeah. Now, but, he, but still. now he's back yet. But still, yeah. they're all the same out there. So when the city this class of people. So that when the city inspector arrived to take a look at the sign, he determined that Marvin did not have the appropriate building permit. Marvin received a fine of $1,200 and was ordered to take the sign down. So, this begins his conflict with local government agencies. When Marvin refused to pay the fine or comply with the order to remove the sign, the fine was increased to $1,350. And Marvin was told that if he did not have the sign removed within thirty days, a warrant would be issued for his arrest.
2: Now well, I, I do have a quick question here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. And and it's for our guest, Miss Nina. Oh boy. Um because we just had to go through, you know, my past sins. But you were a hockey player, Nina. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Did did you ever just just throw the gloves down and go off on somebody.
4: I kept the gloves on, but yeah, I did.
2: You would keep the gloves on when yeah, you. Yeah, I don't just... want
4: to break my hand.
2: Yeah, but it seems like with the gloves it would hurt less. You just get,
1: you get up in there and. So, did, you, so... did you knock out any player's teeth?
4: No, but I have a chipped tooth from one of my fights.
5: You have oh. a chipped tooth?
1: I do. Hey, you're badass.
4: I am. Okay. Let's just
2: take a uh, let's just take a few seconds and think about girl hockey fights, Timmy.
1: Mm-hmm. I was you start in start wrestling. School. I was a minor. Off. They were pulling off their you, jerseys.
5: Yeah,
2: because that often happens. <clears throat> the jerseys start to come off.
4: No, you just you don't hmm. have to. You just get them by the scruff where their jersey comes up behind their helmet and just shove them down. And then you just start shove a- them down. Yeah, and seems then you just like sort of come down on top you, of them leading with your knee. It's fine. seems like Ooh. you've given this a
1: lot of thought, Nina. You have yeah. this. It seems premeditated to me, Colonel. W- it was. Were you the
2: enforcer on
4: the team, Nina?
2: Yes. The goon?
1: You were the goon?
4: I was the goon. Hmm. Yep, I was the mean He's, one.
2: You seem much more
4: ladylike.
2: I would think you would be more of, a, more of a wing.
5: No. But,
1: you know. So you, as a goon, you were just like they would just have you on the team just to fight, basically. No, That's I was
4: it, a, I was like Bob Probert. I I racked up the points, and then I was also willing to get in a fight.
1: So mm-hmm. you were multi talented. Oh yeah, multi talented. Still am. Have now? Have you
2: thrown down lately? No. No. Do you think you still could? Yes. If, if, you're in, if you're in line at Starbucks and a lady cuts in front of you. Do you not do you wearing a mask. Not wearing a mask. Do you see a, yourself still grabbing a shirt and just throwing some uppercuts into it?
4: No, because then there's paperwork involved and I'm not really into that.
1: Yeah, it does require that, a lot of paperwork.
2: There's not really a lot of paperwork. The key mm. is to always say that they grabbed you first.
4: But there's cameras everywhere now yeah it's just it's a little more complicated yeah,
1: these days. It is I, I like the good old days, Timmy. Well, you know, mm-hmm. Nina, uh, Brandy played softball in college, and uh, she has often told us of how the when a play would hit a home run, her all their teammates would come out and meet they would meet each other, meet all of them at the home plate, and then they would uh, start French kissing each other. That is. So did you have anything like that? There were hugs.
2: They they didn't start just, see, Timmy, that's where you get, they didn't go immediately into the French kiss. They would just kind of high-five, but then the high-five would linger a little long and the hands would be soft, and then it would just be kind of the hands swoop down. And before you know it, they was kind of making out on the on-deck circle before they got to... (laughs) um so when someone what timmy's getting to was when you scored a goal um you know did the hugs last just a little too long you know no smelling each other's
1: hair and what about no. the uh what about the team showers uh there were any? none no.
4: Hmm. no
1: no doesn't sound very doesn't sound very fun to me colonel <laughs> no,
2: this hockey thing doesn't seem nearly as lesbianistic as the softball team. No, it it's
1: really was not it's certainly not as uh there was certainly a lot more lesbian activity going on in my mind, I think, than probably goes <laughs> Yeah, on. much more in mind too, Timmy.
2: <laughs> much
1: more in mind.
4: <laughs> so So can, Marvin can we, uh, Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: thank you. Are oh, you gonna get back to the story? Yeah. Yeah. See, you're late. you that's She's a true professional, Colonel. She really is. But I, in
2: fairness, we're on page two, and we've gone uh, an hour and 23 minutes. But, so. you, but you yeah. know,
1: most of our listeners would rather, I, I can guarantee you, they'd rather hear about your lesbian hockey experiences than they would.
2: Yes,
4: they would.
1: You know, We listen.
2: could do a whole series on that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: It would be a very short have, series.
2: Could you imagine the Patreon sponsors
1: we'd have oh, for my that, God. my God. They would. They would be coming out of the word work.
2: Yes, they would.
1: Marvin hired an attorney to deal with the um, city of Granville and he took him to court. After several months of litigation, Marvin was ordered once again to remove the sign and pay a thirteen hundred and fifty dollar fine. Hmm. So Marvin has continues his his problems with the city of Granby continues to escalate.
2: Well, it seems like Marvin's just got, Marvin's got a wee bit of an attitude problem to me.
3: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To me. He does. But yes, he was facing...
1: The... I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: No. Well, he was facing jail time, and he reluctantly agreed to pay the fine and remove the sign. And I'm wondering, is it an actual sign, or was he, like, fabricating a giant metal muffler
0: no i think
2: no, it, was, it was a giant metal muffler yeah it was a was, giant he muffler. was going to put on one of those huge posts you know that they have along the high, you know the gas yeah. stations have along because you
1: know right here we have right outside of cincinnati we have touchdown jesus
0: i've seen and, touchdown yeah, jesus
1: yeah and it's a big sign of jesus and you can see it for miles and miles but the funny thing is it was it's located right across the road from a hustler store <laughs> it's am i am i telling the truth colonel i swear to god no it's it true. really is it really is and you know it's out on the highway so it's all for you know, like truckers to come in and pick up lot lizards or whatever buy their porn and then right across the street is the church with the touchdown jesus sign well a few years ago i swear to god i'm not making this up there was there was a bad thunderstorm in the summertime. And lightning struck the Well, first of all, Jesus. you have to
2: understand the touchdown Jesus is coming out of a man-made pond. Yes. So there's
1: water all around him. And it's uh, Jesus is, like I said, touchdown Jesus. It's just a, it's just a, a sign, a, a statue of Jesus, which is huge, with his, holding in his hands like a touchdown sign. And this this storm, uh thunderstorm, lightning struck touchdown jesus while leaving the hustler store uh in know, intact
4: that's a pretty clear fucking message right there <laughs>
2: it well, it but here's the funny thing jesus was in a pond and he burned to the ground <laughs> in a thunderstorm well in a driving thunderstorm jesus got touchdown jesus got struck by lightning caught off fire burned to the ground end up in a
4: body of water well but they rebuilt him didn't they didn't they make like a whole new it's now it's like come to me Jesus
2: they yes. made a better they made a better jesus yeah yeah Jesus well, maybe that was 0. God's plan <laughs> that could be that could be and meanwhile the hustle store has expanded twice
4: huh. so is the church so this meffler
2: come for the
1: jesus stay for the porn that so this be muffler the tagline of the show. <laughs> yeah, this muffler was in that vein. It was this huge muffler, giant muffler. Yeah.
4: So, when all was said and done, this whole situation with the muffler and the city and the lawyers cost Marvin seventy two hundred dollars in attorney fees and court costs, and it left him feeling very bitter toward his adopted hometown. In nineteen
3: ninety two,
4: just that. oh yeah. In 1992, three years after Marvin moved to the area, he decided it was time to move on from Granby. So in early 92, he agreed to sell his two acres of land, which he bought in 1989 for $42,000, to the Docheff family. And they wanted to use the property for a concrete batch plant. And the price was a quarter of a million dollars. In the course well, that was of their, a lot of
2: money in nineteen ninety two. He right? made
4: a good investment with this property. If he can get yeah, he what, did. math is not my strong suit, but that's all. That's a good profit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about six hundred percent
2: he was getting. There.
4: In the course of negotiations, the city council rezoned the land, which would permit a concrete company to utilize it for their purposes, and at that point, the Dochev family agreed to pay the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar asking price. But Marvin wasn't happy. With the land being rezoned, he changed his mind on the asking price, and he told the family he wanted $375,000. Then he decided he wanted a deal worth about a million dollars.
1: See, now he's just getting greedy. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You gotta get when the getting's good. Uh, The Dochef family felt Marvin had not bargained in good faith, so they declined to discuss it further with Marvin and instead bought another piece of land that was adjacent to Marvin's land. They then went to the city council and sought to rezone the land surrounding Marvin's muffler shop. Not surprisingly, Marvin was not pleased. He threatened to sue to have the concrete company blocked from opening business so close to his shop. He claimed in his suit that the concrete plant blocked access to the muffler shop.
1: It actually
2: Uh. did. You, You couldn't get into Marvin's business. Well, he would have had to build another driveway, but uh,
1: Yeah. But I, I think at this it, point yeah. you know, at this point the city is not gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Well it. he
4: should have taken the quarter of a million dollars and gotten the yeah. fuck out of Dodge.
1: Yeah, he was just getting he was just being greedy at that point. So Or a cantankerous. Feud,
4: cantankerous is an excellent word. A feud developed between Marvin and the dochev family with them suing and counter suing each other. In addition to the lawsuits, Marvin tried to stop the Granby City Council from further rezoning that would benefit the Docheff family. And this apparently goes on for years, because now it's 2001, and the Zoning Commission and the town's trustees approved the construction of the concrete batch plant. Marvin tried to appeal the decision, but he was unsuccessful. He claimed that this construction that they were doing blocked access to his business. Um, I think the city council had kind of had it with Marvin at this point. because yeah, I think they, they're, they're
1: yeah. okay with fucking him now. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, they were just looking for reasons <clears throat> to
4: irritate yeah. him. Excuse me. He was fined $2,500 by the council for various violations, including junk cars on the property and not being hooked up to the sewer line. He had tried to cross eight feet of the concrete factory land to hook up the sewer line. Ugh. Uh he was discovered to be dumping his own human waste from an improvised tank directly into an irrigation ditch.
5: <laughs> so
4: he's still got poop issues even all these years later.
2: Well, what this concrete company did was they outsm- they outflanked Marvin. They built the- bought the property around him. Yeah. And controlled. So he the couldn't do ingress, anything. They egress, kind of closed egress. him in.
5: Yeah yeah
4: he he should have just taken the quarter of a million dollars this is like all avoidable
2: well that's what the concrete company said right hell with you now well, you want to declare war we'll buy the land around you and you're just he was like on gilligan's island there
1: so. with his poop issues right with his
2: poop issues and no marianne
4: no no ah,
2: rest in peace Sh-
4: So the Docheff family tried to find a middle ground with Marvin, but they were unsuccessful. I think he just set things up to the point where you would have to say no. And that was said by Susie Docheff in an interview with the Sky High News. He probably set you up to say no just so he could get mad at you. Yeah,
1: he sounded like he's a prick. Was a prick.
2: Well, it just yeah. sounded like he didn't have anything to do but sit late at night in his shop and think of all the lesbians mm-hmm. and concrete companies who have wronged him <laughs> over the past.
1: And people pulling down his pants. And people pulling down his pants and yeah. Pooping in a tank. He was
2: slipping the duck into his brownies and oh. all of a sudden he's got a situation. <laughs>
4: Hindered, but not yet defeated, Marvin set out to remedy the situation using community action, legal maneuvering, and elbow grease. He Hmm. appealed the Zoning Commission's decision and gathered signatures from the townsfolk to petition against the plant. He attempted to obtain permission to install a sewer line under eight feet of land owned by Mountain Park Concrete, but the new owners refused. Yeah, I think at this
1: point, they're not, you know, they're not going to... Do no, who wants to deal
4: with him? No, yeah. yeah, nobody wants to deal with him. He's a dick. Marvin even went so far as to buy a bulldozer to build a new road that would allow customer access to his muffler shop, but the city council declined to approve his plan. Marvin suspected there were shady dealings between the concrete plant and the city council, but no actual evidence of such illegals such illegal goings on has ever been found. Having no recourse, he sent the city a $2,500 check to cover the fines with the word cowards written ominously on the memo line.
2: Cowards? Now that showed them. Yeah. I think that showed them.
1: You see some uh, clerk opening that up and rolling their eyes. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they
4: cash in the check. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Whatever, dude. So Marvin did sell the muffler shop property to a trash company, and they gave him six months to vacate the property. So he's sold it, but he's able to stay there for a few months. And Marvin went to work on his new project almost immediately. The Komatsu D335A bulldozer that was meant to save his business was instead moved into the muffler shop, and Marvin began to make modifications.
1: Ooh, that sounds ominous.
4: It does sound ominous. Marvin started by adding homemade composite armor, which was cement sandwiched between thick sheets of steel to protect the cab, the engine, and parts of the tracks. He installed front and rear cameras to feed images to monitors in the cab, as well as several gun ports were set around the control center. A stockpile of food and water was stored inside, as well as an air tank to help provide air circulation. This sounds perfectly rational and normal.
1: Yeah, he's kind of gone off the deep end, I think. But I wonder what he was going to do about pooping at this point. I guess just poop in his pants. Uh, yeah. Maybe he, has, there was he, like, just, he has a history he did of did it
2: once, he'll do it again. He doesn't mind.
4: <laughs> Probably got a stockpile of food, water, and Depends stored inside. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
4: Throughout the one and a half years of construction, Marvin meticulously documented his progress through notes and audio tapes. Again, that seems perfectly normal and rational. Because of your anger, because of your malice, because of your hate, you would not work with me, he stated in his tape recordings. I am going to sacrifice my life, my miserable future that you gave me, to show you that what you did is wrong.
1: So now it's his manifesto. That'll teach him. Yeah. That'll teach him.
4: Well and won't and they be the, sorry, they will you pulled and down my would...
1: pants <laughs> made me shit my pants <laughs> yeah,
2: you remember that uh, I don't know what it was, it was some kind of laxative and it looked like
1: a chocolate bar chocolate uh, X-Lax. preparation h yeah, excellent,
2: I don't think it was preparation it I think was it? it is
1: x lax chocolate x lax x lax,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they had to sell, didn't they stop selling it like that? Because yeah, kids I were getting into did. it all the time. Yeah, that would be that would just be a mean, mean thing to do to just give a make kid. Make
4: brownies with it.
2: Yeah, make brownies with it and
1: yeah. I would never do such a thing. See but people uh, were doing uh, it. You're an evil genius, Colonel.
2: Well no, people were actually doing that. They would put X Lacs in brownies and people would be cramped up for three, four hours. Be That's ready evil. for colonoscopy the next day.
1: <laughs> you know, another evil thing would be do is put um um uh, super glue on suppositories. <gasps> oh, God. Where's your mind go, Timmy? That- <laughs> you started it. I'm just I'm I'm taking it a step. For it. I'm taking. Well, it. I'm just. Na- I'm thinking a, a about na- a natural progression. You're, you're
2: actually going the opposite way. I'm thinking about you know, things flowing out, and you're thinking about how you would dam things up. Yeah. Well, so that would uh, be a pretty uh, uh
1: different sides of a same coin, Colonel.
2: Yeah, that's true. Super glue on suppositories. Hmm. Jesus
4: Christ. So Marvin what do received... you
2: do, do they still sell suppositories, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know.
4: Yes, they do.
2: Do they? Yeah. Good, they Good
1: to know that. You always learn something on this show.
2: Yeah. No, I don't want to swallow that pill. I would rather have something stuck in my rear end. <laughs> you
1: know what really would be mean is to put super glue on suppositories and bake um, X-Las cookies.
2: <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that would be a that would be a double ender, Timmy.
3: Yeah.
4: Can, can I continue?
2: We're well, waiting on you. Yeah, I'm, I don't. am yeah, waiting was, on you.
1: Uh, yep. You seem to be. You know, we're just trying to pick up the slack here. Yeah,
2: oh. yeah we're trying to fill in the gaps here. Gotcha. <laughs> our, I don't know.
1: Our 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 listeners don't have much of a. Um, I don't know if you notice, Nina, but our listeners don't have much of an attention span. So we <laughs>
2: they don't. We got to change things up on them because if we get going to, yeah, half hour, they'll they'll fall asleep on you. Yeah.
4: So Marvin received several visitors at his shop while working on his armored vehicle of vengeance, and none of them seemed alarmed at the weaponized armor shell atop his earth mover. I would
1: just like to say, uh, Colonel, what do you think about my phrase there? Can you say it again. That now?
2: was right. Armored Vehicle of Vengeance, Timmy, You like it? That? You like that, Colonel? That is, uh, that's. I don't It's know. just I it's no prose, Timmy, that you just don't run across every day. You know, we have so many amateur poets out there and so uh-huh. many wannabe writers, but Armored Vehicle of Vengeance? I mean, that, that sounds like something right out of a Faulkner novel, Timmy. Thank you, Karen. I
4: was thinking Stephen King, but yeah.
2: Or a Stephen King, yeah. But Faulkner I think and he, Stephen King, Yeah, same thing.
4: So in his notes, Marvin credited a higher power with clouding their vision. And on one occasion he wrote, I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things.
2: You see, and raising three boys... I cannot tell you the number of times I've had to say that. I was willing to be reasonable until you forced me to be unreasonable. And sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things.
1: You're driven by that. Driven by them.
2: Yeah. I say it all the time. The other thing I have to say around here is you sons of bitches won't let somebody be Christian around this house. Yeah. So...
4: I like the line from The Sopranos, which is, can't you be a good Catholic for 15 fucking minutes?
2: <laughs> I love Being a Catholic's hard. I could maybe pull out is. five minutes of it.
4: Yeah. It ain't easy out here. Well,
2: <laughs> it is not. Well, let me tell you about the Rampage.
5: Oh, okay. Now,
2: 2004- There's was, more. A, oh, there's a lot more. 2004 huh. was a tough year for Hemar. His father passed away in March. Now, I can't imagine they had a good relationship because his father still referred to him as Poopy Boy. Um, I mean, he brought shame to the family when he soiled himself in front of the whole town. So they had a strained relationship, is my guess. Okay. Now, Marvin finally found himself a woman and got engaged and called her the love of my life. But in 2004 Marvin broke such engagement when he caught his betrothed with another man. Uh,
1: at least it wasn't it another woman. Yeah, could have been another woman.
2: Worse. Yeah, it could have it been, could have been much worse.
5: Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, Nina as grand. a as a female, as a woman. <sighs> yeah. Are you attracted to men who sometimes might poop their pants? No. <laughs> is that a turn-off? Is that a deal breaker for you? Is that a deal breaker yes. for you, Nina?
4: Yes. Yeah.
1: Now, is it a deal breaker if they have just
2: done it a couple times in their life, or is it a deal breaker if they do it with you in your presence? Yeah. Do you give them grace for you know no. the past?
1: Do you absolve <laughs> them of past sins?
4: No, no. That's uh, yeah, no.
1: So, so that's a turn off, basically, is what you're saying.
4: Yes, it's a turn off. Well, well, you you know, because controlling really,
1: your bowel movements is. Uh, you know, sometimes it's involuntary. You just get
4: I'm going to take well, your it's much like, for it, Timmy.
2: It's <laughs> much like your credit report, Timmy. Uh-huh. The best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. <laughs> so if you have a man who has soiled himself a number uh-huh. of times, uh-huh. uh, you're going to have, you know, there's, there's a good chance that you're going to be sitting down at a nice Italian restaurant and it's not going to be the ricotta cheese you're smelling. So, <laughs> So, but to get back to Marvin here, Timmy, yeah. yes. he became, so he finds this woman with another man, uh, somebody who had a little, you know, probably had a little little shop in town, you know, that had an actual driveway that people could come into. unlike And working Marvin. plumbing. And working plumbing, yeah. Wasn't hauling buckets, uh. Buckets of waste out into the gully. But anyway, Marvin became, as one is known to do after finding your girlfriend with another man, he became sullen. And he he began to spend more and more time alone working on his special project. Now, on Friday, the 4th of June, it was gray and drizzly. Just to set the stage for you here. Marvin mailed his audio tapes to his brother, he went to his shop and he climbed into his bulldozer with a handwritten list of targets. This is not sounding good for the town. Now, once you've
1: Marvin, mailed that, once you've mailed that videotape, you're kind of committed at that point. You really, or you
4: are. should be committed.
1: Are they? <laughs> are they? Because if not, you know they're just going to make fun of you after that, even more. That's right. Even more shaking your pants. The, though Marvin did not have a girlfriend
2: any longer. He did have a winch. So when I say he used the winch controls, (laughs) what I mean is a mechanical thing. He didn't have a girl by his side, okay? I I got you. I'm shocked. It's a a mechanical thing that rolls things up. It's a motorized thing. So I just want to be clear. When I say winch, I'm talking about the mechanical winch. Uh, Okay. So Marvin used the winch controls to lower the concrete and steel shell atop his vehicle. Although it
1: would be cool to have a wrench control that controlled the other type of winch. It would. (laughs) Right
4: along with Hordash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be be what we
2: call magic, Timmy, if Mm -hmm. you could control a winch. So, anyway, nothing short of a crane will be able to lift this 30-ton armor shell off the vehicle once it was in place. Now, with the fateful metal clap, Marvel was now sealed in concrete in a steel box that he could never escape. So... Basically he was committed. He was like Yeah he, he was like, no turning he was like back a back on young Frankenstein. No matter yeah. what I do or what I say, don't let me out of this box when I start to go. But uh things things didn't turn out that way. Now just after three PM, the makeshift tank tore through the side of the shed. <laughs> because Marvin no, figured, no. what the fuck, I'm not coming back to this, you know. <laughs> so it's Fuck the door, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it smashed into the Mountain Park concrete plant. Now, shortly thereafter, the phones at the 911 Response Center began ringing incessantly.
1: <laughs> I bet they did.
2: <laughs> Cody Doshev witnessed the destruction in progress and attempted to use a front-end loader to intercept the rampaging bulldozer. Ooh,
1: but that would have been now. that been cool to watch a bulldozer that been in a, a bulldozer.
2: Yeah, but he withdrew when he was fired
1: upon from the gun <laughs> ports of the killdozer. So now Marvin is shooting at. Yeah, uh, he's he's yeah. he's torn through the shed.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's shooting up other other uh, land moving equipment. Uh huh. And. Within minutes, two buildings and multiple vehicles were just eviscerated. <laughs> and the killdozer rumbled across the highway into town. Now, the slow-moving bulldozer <laughs> picked up a parade. It had a top speed of like three miles an hour.
1: And, you know, the, up the best thing about this story, Nina, yeah, is there is actual footage of this. Oh, Lord. There is. Yeah, if you go to uh, YouTube and type in John... Hemeyer or Marvin Hemeyer or Killdozer in Colorado. Killdozer. There was actually video footage of this thing while he was on his rampage.
4: Oh, my God.
1: Well,
2: it picked up a parade of emerg- emergency vehicle es- escorts as it approached the city <laughs> limits.
5: Now, I love
1: it's- a parade. <laughs> it's, One police uh, SUV it's was O.J. Uh, Simpson, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is a low-speed
2: chase. <laughs> um he did crush it, a police SUV but did not hurt um hurt the man in it. Now under sheriff Glenn Trainer climbed atop the moving bulldozer and Kill used dozer. 37 round yeah the used 37 rounds from his service pistol to try to shoot his way in but was unsuccessful. He was brave thing, anyway. He was, a he was brave. Do. But here's what you don't want to do, kids. If you got a gun, a pistol, what you don't want to do is shoot into a plate of steel that's reinforced by concrete.
4: Right. Because Ricochet.
2: that bullet's going to come back at you. Yeah. Or toward someone else. Toward yeah. someone else is fine. Coming back at you, not such a good deal. So anyway, he was unsuccessful. Now, when Marvin and his killdozer arrived in town, surprisingly, there was no... Uh, There was no welcoming committee except for the police. (laughs) They were waiting for him. Now, against the armored behemoth, the Leviathan, (laughs) however, the lawmen were helpless and powerless. When it came clear that the armor was impervious to bullets, the police tried explosives. But they, too, were without effect. Now... Marvin had had put this thing up so so he he added so much to it. well, later we'll see that this caused him some problems but lawman kept to the sides and tried to vacate anyone from the killdozer's path, which wasn't all that difficult because the thing only moved it moved like a like a eighty five year old man with gout so they kept utilizing a reverse nine one one system to call residents and warn them of the approaching danger. News helicopters filmed the unfolding violence from above. See if we would have had drones, Timmy, drones could have stopped, him. yeah, but really now, oh yeah, huh. a drone could stop
1: anything was it drones uh, did we have drones in two thousand
2: four um yeah. Yeah, yeah, just did. didn't,
1: the, the law enforcement just didn't have them, I guess. And law enforcement be, didn't have them. Probably right. did yeah.
2: yeah. Yep. Now, the over-encumbered vehicle was obviously difficult to control. That's The, the killdozer is not something you want to take your driver's test in <laughs> and do the parallel parking. <laughs> um, and it swerved widely through the streets, but Marvin was still able to seek out and hit its specific targets. The bulldozer effort, effortlessly demolished cars, buildings, including the home of the former mayor, the office of the newspaper that had sided against him in an editorial, the business of a former former city councilman,
1: and city hall. Yeah, so he knew. He knew he had a list. I guess he had a
4: he had a manifesto. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Well, you know they say you can't fight city hall. Mm-hmm. You can't can, with a can kill dose. You just need yeah. a kill dose. Yeah. yeah. So now, despite all this destruction, no people have been injured or killed. Again, because it was going three miles <laughs> an hour. <laughs> um, if you get killed by something going three miles an hour, you probably got it coming.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, Graham, the Granby police requisitioned an industrial scraper to pit heavy equipment against <laughs> heavy equipment. <laughs> I wonder if people are kill- betting on it at that point, you know, like, yeah, I got five yeah, bucks yeah. off the Killdozer. Well, the Killdozer merely shoved the, the lighter vehicle aside. Now, about an hour into this mayhem, the bulldozer demolished 13 structures and was on route to its next target, Gamble's Hardware. Uh-oh. Now, the damage from small arms and primarily the extra weight of the armor was taking a toll on the vehicle. The radiator had sprung a leak and the killdozer was losing
1: horsepower. So he put cool. all that Girl energy Rosa. and <clears throat> effort on, on building this thing and so he didn't protect, the, protect a radiator.
2: Well, and he didn't put in a, a heavier radiator in there to keep it cool. Yeah. Now... The machine became fatigued, and it crashed through the wall of the hardware store. But the floor beneath the beast broke, and the front end of the <laughs> bulldozer oh, fell into the basement.
5: Whoops Now the engine
1: struggled, but it could not power itself out of the pit so part of the is this if I'm getting this picture right, part of the killdozer was on one floor. The, like, the back end of yeah. it and the front end of it was down in the lower Yeah, floor. that's the, what I'm kind of picturing. The, the back teeter. end
2: of it was up in tools and the uh, front end was down in nuts and bolts. <laughs> okay. So, now SWAT teams surround the wounded Kildoza and one of the members reported hearing a single muffled gunshot from within the cab. The vehicle did not move again, ending a rampage. It lasted two hours and seven minutes and caused about $7 million in damage. Explosives were employed to try to open the tank, but in the end, it took 12 hours with a...
4: <laughs> Oxacetylene. Oxygen. <laughs> ox-
2: yeah. With Oxacetylene. a torch and a crane. Yeah. Oxacetylene torch and a crane to crack the armored... T- How do you know that term so quickly, Nina? uh oxycetylene no have reason you, have you have no. you uh you've okay. been planning I'm, I'm a rampage you of any your more own questions no but it just seems like nina's from detroit Yep. and uh it's maybe she's the person that you go to when you gotta you want the insurance money now anyway inside marvin was found dead Having oh. shot himself with oh. a three fifty seven handgun. Now, Do you that think makes he
4: soiled mad. himself when he shot himself?
2: <laughs> I think he soiled himself thinking about shooting himself. I and think he soiled himself after that. I think the mayor soiled himself
1: when he saw a bolt that was yeah, going into his living thought. room.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing like just sitting down on a Monday, you know, you're watching watching uh, I don't know, the view. Uh-huh. and Maury all of a sudden, Povich. here comes Maury Povich, yeah you you're about to find out who the baby belongs to, and here comes the killdozer <laughs> so I mean, this is like a b movie, uh-huh, yeah, now,
4: I'd watch Marvel
2: was fifty two years old at the time of his death, and you know as we've said a number of times, Timmy, once you hit fifty ain't nothing more dangerous than a uh, a man over fifty
1: years old, yeah nothing he got to live so for. little to lose exactly and a man who has a history of shitting himself
2: <laughs> yeah yeah they're dangerous it's like a dog you uh-huh. know it's like a dog it's like a dog that's tasted human flesh once you shit yourself you just you can't be trusted you're liable to do anything so now the Kildoza's the the cab was open and marvin was removed now, the police inventoried his numerous guns and found his list of targets. In addition to buildings and businesses, the list included names. Now, how Marvin was going to track these down and chase them down the street, you know, even in the worst horror movies, something that's just going three miles an hour, <laughs> you stumble and fall, you can yeah. still get
1: up. Uh, you know, 78-year-old way. Rocky Mohollin could have been on his...
4: With, <laughs> yeah,
2: his he scooter could. and <laughs> got away. <laughs> exactly. On his little rascal. So, He's a little uh,
4: rascal on his little rascal. <laughs> yeah, he was.
2: Mm. He was a big rascal. Now, in order to prevent Rampage and Myers from collecting Killdozer memorabilia, the dozer was dismantled and its parts were scattered among many separate scrapyards. Oh, but today, there are a number of groups... Oddly enough, which idolized Marvin Hemah and his fight against a corrupt system. They celebrate his ingenuity, his ambition, and apparently his valiant effort to prevent any casualties.
4: Right.
2: But it's unlikely that Marvin himself deserves credit for the lack of serious injuries or deaths. Many of the buildings he raised were occupied moments before he attacked. There was also evidence of shots fired from the tank at multiple locales, including one attempt to detonate a cache of propane tanks. That would go broke. They were just going to blow up the whole town. And a reported attempt to ambush to push a wall down onto a pair of police officers. Now, that's just fighting dirty, Marvin. Mm -hmm. Push a wall down onto the police. It
1: certainly could have been a lot worse than what it was.
2: Yeah, if you would have pushed that wall, you talk about a thin blue line.
1: It's almost—it's uh, almost miraculous that it wasn't—you know—that more that people didn't die. Well, it's, it's besides Marvin.
2: Yeah, besides Marvin. So, my w- w- what are your thoughts on this, Ms. Nina?
4: I think that Marvin needed some uh, mental health intervention to. Um, Address his many issues, and perhaps to work with a gastroenterologist to help with his digestive <laughs> issues.
2: You know, Thomas Jefferson had chronic diarrhea. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was tormented by it his whole life. Huh. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just an aside. Back, yeah, of back course, in you the know, day, back the founding back fathers, then, a number uh, of you them
1: had bowel problems. Oh, and you know, it had to be. You know, they probably only took a bath like once a month or something.
4: They were probably mm. gluten intolerant and didn't know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Didn't have bidets.
2: Didn't have the bidets. So, yeah. Bidets
1: are You know, days. there was a uh, movie um, in the early 70s about a bulldozer that became possessed by a demon. Yeah. They, uh, also called Christine. Bulldozer. They ramped it up, yeah. Yeah. But you can, uh, I think the movie is available on YouTube. And I think it was like 1973 or something, but yeah, kind of what this story reminded me of. Hmm. Well, that was quite well, the story, Nina.
4: It was quite a story. It took us on a, a roller coaster, if you will. Yes.
1: Yeah, it did. They and did. I would like, you know, I th- I would like our audience. The One thing I would like for them to take away from this is... Uh, don't, don't um, make sure that you don't uh, have anything that will prevent you from uh, um, going to the restroom in a timely manner. Do not have, don't, do not not have a belt that would encumber your, uh, you know.
2: Your yeah, Marvin had a weird version of a chastity belt on and it <laughs> cost him his
4: reputation.
1: You can't get your so, reputation yeah. back once you nope. shit yourself in front of a group <laughs> yeah. of people,
4: especially a group of middle I, schoolers.
1: Yeah. Now, my my brother-in-law,
2: who I who I love dearly, um, I, I have to tell you this because it's one of my favorite stories, and I repeat it every time I can. Oh mm. God. He uh has a uh. He is as regular as, as anyone you could find. Seven o'clock every night, he'll tell you, that's when he is. Set your clock to, to, uh... Headed to, uh, relieve himself mm -hmm. of whatever he has eaten the day before. So, one night, he did go out with his wife to, uh, eat Indian food. And he got caught in that window because he was 15 minutes from the house... And he could hear a little bit of, feel a little bit of stirring, Mm -hmm. and he was afraid to leave the restaurant (laughs) and make the 15-minute trip. But he Mm -hmm. was afraid if the rumblings were, you know, not true, he'd already paid the check, and he didn't want to just sit in the restaurant for 30 minutes. Right. So he decided, I'm going to risk it. Okay. So now he gets about five minutes into the trip, and all of a sudden, he feels it. He feels <laughs> that he's just gotta go. Now he's and he thinks about turning back and going to a rest back to the restaurant. And they're kind of on a out in a rural place where I suppose he could have just pulled over, but he said he got to the point where he was uh just about two minutes from the house where you get the he said he had the chills and the goosebumps and the sweats and everything else. And he pulled his car. Into the driveway, and <laughs> bolted out of his truck, into the living room, and, <laughs> and through the
1: house. Oh no!
2: At top speed, he then, however, they owned three cats, and he stepped on one. <laughs> <and> <laughs> into the house. Which caused, you know, was great consternation to the cat, but right. caused him to tumble through the living room. <laughs>
1: oh, no. And in
2: doing so, <laughs> he completely lost control of his oh, bow. Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> no. All over the so carpet. So, luckily, he could...
2: <laughs> I do not know if it hit the carpet, but I do know that uh, he said it <laughs> was... It was uh, while it was shameful, he said. It was the uh, he said he was he felt so relieved that the pressure was gone that he just did not even care. He just <laughs> went in and, but he, he said he was just two three steps away from the bathroom and everything going well until he stepped on the cat and tumbled across the living room. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So I think that that you get wasn't away from. on.
1: Too bad that wasn't on, Phil. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: It, so you know, it, it really shocks me. All the poop the lovers of, are going to love this
4: episode.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we have a, we have quite a, uh, we have a quite a, in our listener of our listeners. There's a, a significant percentage who are poop lovers, Colonel.
2: But they, uh, they really are.
1: Yeah, that's why they it, listen it, to the show. Yeah. Huh.
2: Yep it's it's scary. All right, Uh, uh, Colonel,
1: do you have a – would you like to give out some shout-outs? Yeah, I guess
2: I do. Okay. Um, We we got –
1: Well, let me just say we'd like to thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon to ensure that you continue to have such interesting – Quality content. Yeah, quality content. Just go to Patreon.com/historydweebs all one word, and you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Nina, what else? A little, a lot. Colonel,
4: I give till it hurts.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: oh, I like that better than mine. I was we, normally we say just a wee little bit, a wee, or just bit. the tip if you like. Uh but let's let's see who some of our, our sponsors are here. We got Aaron Concomola, Shelby's a new one. Katie Gunko. Andrea Louise. Tessie. Kate Byer. Karen Alden. Gina Green. Danielle Townsend. Marianne Knight. Adam McWaters. Elaine Baker. Alexandra Allen Cox. Ali. Alicia Mincy. The Already Gone Podcast.
4: Hey, that's me.
1: Um, Hey. That that is you. Thank you for and your
2: generosity.
1: Join Nita on Already Gone. It's it's a much better podcast than this one. <laughs> <And> she doesn't <laughs> swear a lot.
4: Not a lot.
2: She doesn't no. swear. Every once in a while, she'll throw out a damn or whatever. Oh, but F-bomb. yeah, she's quite lady. It's 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 interesting the contrast to your lady likeness your your good nature and your <laughs> uh, on the show as opposed to you know the real nina um anyway <laughs> andrea odell andrew frazier angela santos angelo villafont anna garrett annette Petray, anon becky trainer ben dobrovich brandy mcbride the bloody murder podcast christy lee Canadian true crime who we hope is uh who is doing well we we love to see Christy um, Clark and Diane Trowbridge the comeback podcast
1: Now, see I can Eric see, K- I can see Clark doing such a uh, building like a killdozer up here
2: well Michigan. but Clark's a reasonable man unless you make him unreasonable Timmy-hmm just like him Um. Gina Green, Jay Cleveland Payne, Jason Dykes, Jennifer Orcutt, Jennifer Svoda, uh, Karen Barnes, Timmy, yes, Kelly Karen Charette, Barnes. Kim Stroop, Kimberly Smith, who just had a 20th anniversary. Oh,
1: well, congratulations! Um,
2: Christine Malachinsky, Lydia now, Fisher, Mordecai.
1: I can see him building a bulldozer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe it'll be a group um,
4: project at the next Weebcon.
1: Yes, maybe.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: we just need a uh what was that word you used? Oxyacetylene? Well, yes. Very and we can good. put this all together. Torch.
4: Yeah, oxyacetylene torch.
2: Yeah. I'll That's, bring mine. uh I read huh? a I read a book about uh the New Mexico prison riots and the they had the uh
4: You weird read some weird shit.
2: Well, they it. had the they had the segregated uh, prisoners over here. You know the the ones in protective custody. And during the riots, the bad guys got a hold of some of those torches and cut into their cells. Yeah. To because you know they thought they were safe; they were on lockdown. But they cut the cells open, and then they put them in the eyeballs until the eyeballs would pop. Mm. They put uh. the torch up to there. Yeah, it was it was very gruesome. Yeah, Let's see. The Pleasing Terrors podcast. Oh, I do yeah, And
5: Mike
2: you are great. very familiar with the Pleasing Terrors, aren't you, Nina? Did you yeah. go on the tour?
4: I've been him? on the tour, and Mike was one of the first podcasters I met at the uh, very first CrimeCon in Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, I think that's where
1: we met him. We well. met
2: you at CrimeCon in Indianapolis, although you have no recollection of meeting me, which it's is-
1: disheartening although you were well she's probably pretty... trying to block it you know maybe memory huh? But she was Mike, liquored uh, up I, at the time too I so. think um, yeah that's but you took likely. the you took the tour uh, Mike Brown's Pleasing Terrorist tour in, in Charleston right I did and,
4: and it was amazing highly recommended it really recommended. is uh, yeah
1: Leanne and I did that Uh took that tour last March and he is such a great storyteller he's just he he's is. really incredible so if you're in the Charleston area or you visit Charleston, check out uh, the Pleasing Terrors tour. It's just fascinating. He knows a lot about the history of Charleston as well as some of the creepier parts of Boston. Yes. Yes. Definitely check it out if you're in Charleston, South Carolina.
2: Well, thank you for supporting us, Mike. And Sarah Bloom, of course, Shannon Arnold, Shirley Strap, um, Stephen Potts with his now, I see Stephen building a kill dozer.
1: <laughs> I could see Stephen building a kill dozer. Yeah. But, you know, that wouldn't, wouldn't even stand um, out in, like, Australia, right? They're just like, oh, no, they, look, they just everything down, down there. If yeah. you have
2: a bulldozer, it's a kill dozer because everything in Australia is built to kill you. So let's see the Vanish podcast and they walk among us. Our good friend. Ben yeah. and Roseanne.
1: Ben and Roseanne. And Marissa. And Marissa, Marissa. Van- Vanish podcast. Vanished she podcast, has been, yeah. she was one of our first podcasts to, or well, the first podcast to sponsor us on Patreon. So, thank you, Marissa.
2: Let's see, we got Tyrone, Todd Long, Tommy Lane, the lovely fake Irish Liam Flanagan, Tracy Smith, Beev, Rebecca, Whitney James. We got Rudy the Wonder Aww, Dog.
1: Papa. Rudy the Wonder Dog.
2: Bo a Lion new sponsor, Hart Walters. A new sponsor, Bo Lionheart Walters. Aww. I'm telling you, Timmy, this son of a bitch is just insane. Last night I was fighting with him on the floor. The couch is halfway across the room. I would pick up Bo. I would throw him across the room onto the couch. He'd land, he'd get his bearings. And then he'd do this Greg Luganus leap off the couch <laughs> and just come right back at me, teeth bared. He always looks insane.
1: He always looks sad to me when he's in his little sweaters and stuff that you put him in. He just <laughs> he looks like a sad. He does not sad. like to be in those sweaters, I but he he gets cold.
2: He gets cold. He if he's going to lay down, he loves to be in them. But once he gets out and he and he gets him off he'll get he'll get on his back and just wiggle and he's like Houdini getting out of a straitjacket and a wiggle and do everything else and then all of a sudden he just comes walking with it in his mouth
1: you know, know he probably goes out and all his doggy little doggy friends are making fun of him making fun of his sweater and
4: maybe he's afraid he'll poop his sweater <laughs> it
5: could be it could
1: be he had a little tie on him once You still have
2: his tie Stop. I still do for job interviews, things like that, for Zoom calls when he's uh, making. In case he Zoom has calls. to go to court. Yeah, in case he had, yeah, Bo's got a Bo's got
1: a bit of a temper problem too. So uh. and I don't
4: then know. If of you, course,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know if you got. Did you get Aaron and Shelby? I'm not. I'm not sure yeah. if I update. Okay, I just want to make sure I updated I did. the list. <clears> Thank <throat> you both for supporting us.
2: And of course, the one when we do this show for week after week after week after week, Dottie was sorry the body count was just one. Dottie likes when we have a big body count, Nina. Oh, Um, hi, Dottie. Yeah, she's getting her vaccine this week. Yeah, we're glad you're going to be protected from this plague, Dottie. So, Dottie Scott, our our number one fan and and dear to all of us. So take care of yourself, Dottie, and keep yourself protected. So
1: that is it, Nina. That's thank you I so much, Nina. For joining it was us always a joy to work with you. You're really That's not. a, I mean, you're special. You're a special guest, but you're really not a guest because you're. We we consider you part of the.
4: I'm
5: like an honorary you're kind of dweeb. A dweeb
1: now. Yeah, well, yeah you're kind uh, of history a dweeb. dweeb. You kind of yeah, moved past team. the
2: honorary part. Now you can't oh, deny boy. it. You got to damn it. Huh? To now you gotta it. say
1: this has been voluntary, yeah. Yeah, like when you're yeah. giving all your credentials of you know the podcasting,
2: you know, you have to list us. Yeah, do you put us on your resume, Nina? No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: okay.
0: Well,
2: you should It's a little secret, aren't you? <laughs> all well,
1: right Thank you very much. It's always yes. wonderful to work with you. Absolutely. Oh likewise, and guys. And check out we, if you haven't week, already Check out already gone, as well as your other podcast Dead Ball, and yes. Check, yes, check out Context and Clarity with uh, Chuck and the lovely Kara Michelle, as well as Spy Stories, uh, if you good. like history. Oh, thank you, Tim. Or if you just like spies, because you know there's some people have a spy spy fetish, Colonel. So, mm-hmm.
2: I think I would have made a good spy, Timmy.
1: But it- well. Yeah, you, I'm
2: old
1: now, so it's too debonair. late to
2: change the course of events in my life, Timmy. Well, we don't know that you're not.
1: So, I mean, how do we know you're not a spy?
2: That's something. Maybe to think
1: about. you come onto this podcast to get good ideas that you can sell to some of the rival podcasts out know. Well, I don't think that it's
2: uh, any coincidence that our podcast stays the same. But the people who are kind of friends of the show who have podcasts, that podcast keeps
1: taking off. That's mm-hmm. true.
2: Think about that.
1: It's a it's a mystery. It's a yeah. it confounds me, Nina. It really confounds me. It does. It is a mystery. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see y'all next time on History Dweebs. Bye everyone. Bye. Good
3: day.